Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program. As always, you're invited. If you want to join us here, you can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever happens to be on your mind. There's updates on the raid on the Trump household, uh, the Mar-a-Lago estate that he has. That uh, There's more news about that coming out today. We can share that with you. Uh, plus, whatever you want to discuss. But actually, I wanted to start out tonight with an update on a story we covered earlier this week, which is uh, not good news. It wasn't good news earlier this week, and it's getting worse now. The attack on Tornado Cash. Oh, yeah. Have you guys been following this at all? I, I haven't had a chance to read the story, um, but I, I did I did hear about the update to it yeah. that I think you're going to be getting into here, and yeah. it's it's it sounds yeah. absolutely crazy. Has he been indicted yet? Well, start the story. And all yeah, that. start the story. Yeah, <laughs> give us well, give us some uh, so clues t- here. Tornado Cash, as I understand it, having never actually used the service myself, it's um, Ethereum, I believe. I believe right? it's an Ethereum mixer, and mm-hmm. I think it also uh, will mix Ethereum tokens as well, because a lot of the news around Tornado Cash for those that don't know, earlier this week, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. The Treasury Department in the U.S. just declared that Tornado Cash is a sanctioned entity, and so even though it's just code. And and, and the thing is, you know, what I want to know is, is mm. what exactly did they sanction? Because it, it, is it even an entity? And it's then, just code running on right. the Ethereum network. Yeah, if there's and then, no corporation, there's no person to sanction. Correct. Right. Well, and then there's two other factors, too. Um, there is there is the source code, but there's also the protocol. You can have multiple implementations of, a, of, of I want to say of the protocol, but more of the, of the code, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you could have two different applications completely written independently, complying with the same protocol and be able to do the same thing. So it's important to know, did they, is it, is it the software that's sanctioned? Is it the person who wrote it that's sanctioned? Is it the users who are sanctioned from using it? Or is See, it the protocol? Because that those are all factors in this. How do you sanction code? Um, <laughs> well, my guess is if they manage to get away with anything, what, what they're really going to be going after is a particular pile of money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and the uh, the the thing that makes me say that is uh, when they do civil asset forfeiture, when they actually file the suit, um, if you haven't been convicted of anything criminal is different. But with civil asset forfeiture, they will file a suit, which is the United States government against this car, right? Or They'll a stack of actually cash. Sure. sue the property. Um, and so my guess is that they're going to try some sort of legal mumbo jumbo like that, which implies that if you took the same code and you ran it, um, and you created a different smart contract, uh, that had the same code running on the Ethereum blockchain, uh, it wouldn't be illegal. Hmm. Um, kids, don't until, try this at home. Until they um, sanction that code and then you know, they just keep playing catch up. Well, the basically. thing is, I don't know if they, if they can actually sanction the code because the code is an object. My guess is that there's, I mean, basically they're, the only thing I can think of is that they're sanctioning it as an unincorporated, um, unincorporated association of people. As I understood, which is more from, or less what a conspiracy is. From the discussion that we had earlier this week about it, the well, news most, that had come most out. Most conspiracies are actually incorporated. 
as I understand <laughs> it, uh, they have sanctioned specifically any use of this particular code, like meaning that if you were to go to their website, which has been taken down, but if it were to go back up or yep. whatever, uh, that would be uh, sanctioned. Uh, the and, and who is the, sanctioning it? It's the U.S. The right? U.S. Treasury because Department. that seems like it's a violation of your constitutional First Amendment right. Absolutely, oh, it is. Absolutely. Um, and this is just it sounds very similar to the encryption that the, the ban on exporting encryption mm-hmm. algorithms, basically in the nineties, which basically worked until Zimmerman. Um, who challenged who, it? Who, who has yeah. balls like cantaloupes? Um, basically, he he published the source code as a book and exported mm. the book. Yep. Um, and uh, and once he'd done that, the cat was out of the bag, and they couldn't really prosecute him for ex- exporting a book on software. I mean, even though it's it contained crazy, the entire the software. crazy thing is they couldn't have stopped it before anyway because. Just, look, this is the thing. The United States controls people in the United States. The problem is once it's out of the United States, the United States doesn't control it anyway. And it already left the United States, well, whether the United States knew it or not. That was in the 90s. Now the, now the U.S. government seems to think it rules the world. I mean, look at uh, mm-hmm. at uh, Kim.com. Sure. They're still trying to extradite. It's yeah, true. Um, it's true. Uh, uh, but there are, some, there are some differences between kim.com's case in that there is at least uh you know the underlying premises of copyright involved which there is a law in almost every country except the thing about kim.com is he didn't actually as i understand it he's not accused of actually violating any copyrights he's accused of having a system on the internet that other people used for a purpose, okay. Well, so, that's very similar, actually, to what's gonna right, what we're right. gonna get into. And so, right and now. so it's very and similar nobody, to what's what we've got. I think you're, it's a it's a random passive service sure. out on the internet, and somebody used it for something the right. government doesn't like, and now the guy who creates it, it's created there, it's called a criminal. There are flaws in their argument, right? And there's flaws in the Kim case. There's flaws in this case too. I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. but the flaws don't always keep you out of prison. That's true. That's the thing. You yep. can beat the rap, but you can't beat the ride, as right, they say. Right. Meaning that, okay, if eventually this guy, for for those that we haven't even gotten to the news, 29-year-old man has been arrested in Amsterdam. He is accused of being one of the programmers of Tornado Cash, and that they're they're trying to say that that's a crime, that creating program a program that was simply and created an for privacy. And ex facto law, because nobody knew that was illegal until after it had been written. Um, well, well, I don't here's, know if there is a law involved here's, here's, here. a, no law here's another here. big question. Did are they are they trying him in Amsterdam under not clear. under the Netherlands law or are they extraditing him or what? Because if, if he's sanctioned in the United mm-hmm. States, that law that sanctions they don't yeah. apply to somebody in Amsterdam. The story doesn't mention extradition, so uh, it's not clear who's doing the prosecuting. Mm-hmm. It may be the Netherlands uh, police that are and, that are bringing and this case. Begs the question: well, the are, Nether- Under what law are they are, are they bringing mm-hmm. against? I don't know. Well, Charges. The, in Charges. the Netherlands, they might not need a law. This is the same place where they're uh, shutting down the farmers. For all of a sudden, I guess nitrogen's bad. So, you know, the leftists are now at war with 80% of the atmosphere. Um, so the other thing that I, I didn't get to about the sanctions, as I understand it, and please feel free to call in if you know a little bit more about this case, 
The sanctions are ostensibly also applied to the addresses associated with Tornado Cash. So mm-hmm. Tornado Cash is a, is, a, is a mixer for Ethereum. For those listeners that don't know, the idea is multiple people put their Ethereum or their tokens into this mixer, and then it mixes them up, and it makes it very difficult to tr- figure out who put what in when they get the things back out, basically. And so they're saying that if you've received... Or if you after the after the fact of this uh, being sanctioned, if you receive coins from this mixer, that you will be prosecuted. How would I even know if I received coins from the mixer? Some addresses well, are public. You can you can track it down because I mean, each okay. each unspent sure, 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 sure. output I'm not, has I'm not a talking, specific identity. Right, 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 right. I'm not talking about technically speaking. Yes, technically speaking. Well, technically, right? it's how you do it. It's but, a computer program. Hold on, hold on. Back up a moment. Am I supposed to keep track of U.S. dollar bills and who received them? And like, if the government sanctions U.S. dollar bills, not accept them? I mean, how am it's I? It's absurd. Right. It's absurd. That's the point that I'm making. This yeah. is this is absolutely mm-hmm. absurd. Here's the well, other- that's kind of what money laundering is, though. Um, you know, if if you know or should have known that it came from a crime, and I would not be I would not be surprised if they start sanctioning actually the unspent outputs. And mm-hmm. so, uh, basically, an unspent output is more or less the coin in Bitcoin. It's what a hunk of of Bitcoin is, and unspent is kind of a misnomer because it may have been spent by many times, mm-hmm. but if it's in your wallet, it hasn't been spent by you yet. Right. Um, and so they could literally track down all of the unspent outputs and say, you can't accept any of these coins ever from anybody. There's an interesting- so make them non-money. I plan to do that with a coin that I was developing if any of it ever fell into the hands of the government. There's more coming up here. There's also something very interesting that's happened in the last week with some of those unspent outputs. More coming It is Free Talk Live. Phones are open here if you want to join us. We're talking about the attack on privacy, the attack on cryptocurrency that is continuing to worsen now with a programmer arrested. Uh, The gentleman's name, we haven't even said that yet, and he deserves credit, uh, Alex Partsev. Who is one of the programmers? Hats off to you, sir. Absolutely. Yep. He's one of the programmers, maybe the programmer. I don't know how many people were involved mm-hmm. in creating Tornado Cash, which is a way for uh, people to anonymize, to some mm-hmm. extent, their to a large extent, their usage of the Ethereum blockchain. Ethereum being the number two largest cryptocurrency by market cap on the planet right now. And the U.S. government targeted Tornado Cash earlier this week with sanctioning, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty much a first, I think. There was another uh, mixer that was sanctioned earlier this year, but it I don't think that one was open source. This mm-hmm. one is. Well, the software may have been open source, but it was a closed corporation I, I'm, running it. Mm-hmm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but my in- interpretation of this has been this is a decentralized, uh, some sort of decentralized uh, mixer. Yeah, it's just code on the Ethereum blockchain. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's no way of knowing if it's decentralized because once once the uh, once the the smart contract exists on the um, 
on on the blockchain, you can die. That thing's going to mm-hmm. keep on running. Right. So, yeah. so it may not be decentralized okay. because it may not be run so at you all. Don't have to, what I'm trying to say is you don't have to go to a central server in order to use Tornado Correct. Cash. It's, code it's not a website. On the Ethereum blockchain. Now, there was right. a website which had a front end for people to utilize, but there's mm-hmm. also a, a command line interface as well. That you can just download can, and you can do. Right. Yeah. So, yep. it's, again, it's open source. It was on GitHub until, of course, GitHub took down the code sure. uh, earlier this week because it's Microsoft. I wonder where else that code is. I'd love to have a copy I if there's of a it just to of it. see what it does. I wonder if there's a torrent of it there you must, could probably I mean, find. There, mu- there must on, be various uh, like different Pirate ways Bay or to, something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are various different ways to get yeah. your hands on this code if that's what you want to do. But is that a sanctioned thing? Is it sanctioned to now even have a copy of this code because it's so dangerous to the state? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, someone would have to tell me what law. Well, it, wouldn't there also be prior restraint, too? I mean, that's, isn't that another issue in what this does that case? Mean? Uh, prior, they, they uh, usually when, when you publish something, mm-hmm. uh, the government can't do prior restraint and say, you can't publish that in the future. What they can do is wait for you to publish it and then go after you. And that was a big issue when the New York Times published the Pentagon papers uh the the mm. court said we're yep. not going to restrain him from restrain them from uh from uh publishing this in advance but you can go after him after he does this is when the new york times still employed actual journalists, journalists. uh i guess they 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 just recently waited to ask permission from a senator before publishing an op-ed Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think basically what it does is it enables the government to go after an individual uh, or maybe even an entity, um, but not necessarily stop them from publishing. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it can't be prior restraint. Right. So there was one other interesting thing that happened this week after Tornado Cash was sanctioned. And the news came out that if you interact with the Tornado Cash contract, smart contract on Ethereum, and you're based in the United States, that that is now a, a crime. It's now a felony to, uh, to commit that quote-unquote crime of using open source code on the internet. Uh, that what happened shortly after that, apparently, is somebody started sending Ethereum, and not dust, <laughs> and not dust level Ethereum, but a tenth of an Ethereum. Yep. So, you know, right now Ethereum is Ethereum so, Ethereum is like 200 bucks. Yeah, about 200 so let me, bucks. Let me ask what you're saying. Oh, well, let me okay, let me finish sure, my statement. Sure. Okay. They started sending tenths of Ethereum out to known public personas who have published cuz if you don't publish your Ethereum address, then no one knows it's yours. But if mm-hmm. you've published that, hey, this is my address, yep. then anyone can send you Ethereum. He sent one, I believe, to Brian Armstrong, who's the CEO of Coinbase. Ooh. Oh. Uh, and so like big name people, I don't have the whole list of of who it was, but like identifiable Sure. Known Ethereum addresses. He sent out a tenth of an Ethereum to each of the who, or she or whoever it was. Well, I could use some Ethereum, so I'll publish my address if somebody wants to send me a tenth. I could use it. So but the idea is this makes those people sanctioned entities. They they're guilty of of interacting purportedly with the sanctioned so, entity. Two questions then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what you're saying Even is they didn't do it. it. There's somebody who's using Tornado Cash sends you. Uh, Ethereum to your public address, like say a donation. Yeah, um, you could be charged. Listed, with a crime. you could be charged because they're contaminating your wallet, your Ethereum wallet. Then, Correct. so to speak, I doubt um, you could be charged for that. Sure, they could charge you. But they just what might not they, convict you. But what they could do is basically 
um, there, there's a way to embed text in the blockchain. There mm-hmm. was a newspaper headline. So basically what they could do is encode basically a text message uh, notifying whoever holds the wallet. We don't know who you are, but whoever holds this wallet, this particular bit of Ethereum that you got was used in criminal activity. Mm -hmm. And now that you know that, if you spend it, it'll be money laundering. So we're not going to charge you, but you're going to need to get rid of that. Here's the address you send it to. Mm. Um, But here's the thing. Is it, I mean, you don't have an option generally to pick, oh, I'm going to only send that contaminated Ethereum that I received. It would be very to, difficult you, to You can to actually. Not in a with, normal what? Uh, though, right? Koinomi, you can do it. You can, you can how, send how do you, it. How do you do that? That's curious. It's, um, it's getting a little technical, but. Okay. Uh, I don't want to get, hear most the technical explanation, but is it, is it you like. You can definitely do it if you're handcrafting your transactions. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So you have to go to a terminal of some kind and type something in. It's in an order. Very yeah. advanced They would user. probably generate the transaction for you and say just sign this and put it in and then and then of course if you send it is that not then violating that would also violate that would also the violate sanctions. the sanctions yeah, so, not, not if you're sending it to the government well yeah they would waive that if you're, if right. you're doing it under threat maybe of government action um so now of course they they could charge you for receiving sanctioned money or receiving something from this sanctioned address, mm-hmm. but they couldn't prove that you were the one that did it, I, ultimately. I'm that also, doesn't mean they wouldn't ruin well, your life. Not, the, I mean, if somebody sends cryptocurrency, you're the, one, you're the one person that they can pretty much rule out most of the time. The one person who didn't send me cri- cryptocurrency is me, because why bother? Well, no, they it, would, Unless you're moving it from wallet to wallet. That's the thing. This would be coming from a mixer, so the suggestion suggestion is that that person must have been the one that sent that sent it but there's no proof of that so again they could arrest these people but and they could they could screw with them and they could take them to court and they could get get plea deals maybe but ultimately if you actually fought this you should be able to beat a charge like that. i mean presumably I anything though downstream is contaminated that came from tornado cash right yeah, I mean, so in theory, yeah. so if if you got something from if you intentionally used tornado cash to get mm-hmm. to anonymize your ethereum then sent some of that to me i didn't know about it and then i sent it to somebody else that other person still everybody's a criminal so, well basically what they would do is money laundering is based on if you knew or it. should yeah. have known mm-hmm. that That's, that it was, was the question the i had too of, of a criminal offense so let's say that but we're not talking somebody about money sends you uh, well, that's, that's right. one of the things they can charge. They they could they could conceivably yeah. charge you with, and the logic remember, they would have to use unless it's is, from a criminal act, I, right? But what they would say is, if you're using a coin mixing service, then you should know that some people using that service mm-hmm. are involved in crime. How would you know and that? Th- well, by virtue of why else are they doing it? Because they want it not now, a privacy. You and I Most may of us have want privacy, not reasons, but. Uh, the thing I don't is, think you can say you know that. They don't nope. care and about And they can't life. prove it. Well, that's the thing. They are trying to allege that this programmer knew that people were going to use his technology for illegal purposes. There's more coming up. Looking for a great real estate investment? Consider New Hampshire, which is ground zero for the Liberty Movement. Your first call should be to Mark Warden from Porcupine Real Estate. He's more than just a real estate agent. He's your New Hampshire concierge. Where are the best places to live? Do you want farms, city, the burbs, or forest? Do you want a duplex or multifamily building so that renters pay your mortgage? There are homes in all price ranges in New Hampshire, and Mark can help with financing, too. Invest in Liberty and property. Mark Warden can help. PorcupineRealEstate.com
Free Talk Live. Phones are open here, and you can join us at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're digging into this tornado cash situation, and there's actually an interesting uh, story that I've got pulled up here from the Whiteboard Crypto website and they've got like a little email list that they send info out to it's actually a pretty good little uh little email and it got into a lot of the details on what this actually means this uh, these sanctions what it could what could result in as far as criminal charges against people for using tornado cash or even being tangentially or somehow related uh to the use of tornado cash here in the studio tonight it's ian nobody and chris so we're going to dig in further into that coming up here in moments but i also want to make sure you know about bitcoin.com because if you are interested in cryptocurrency uh like bitcoin and bitcoin cash then get on over to bitcoin.com where you can click on get started at the top of the page and then that'll take you to some introductory videos that will help explain to you some of the basics about cryptocurrencies like bitcoin and bitcoin cash you got to get started by learning you know, things about decentralization, why it is that the government hates this technology so much, because it's a threat to their establishment. It's a threat to their money system. And that is why they are lashing out in every way possible. That's why they brought the case against the Crypto 6, of oh, course. Sure. That's why they're bringing uh, this case against the developer of Tornado Cash, sanctioning Tornado Cash. And there's so many other examples. SEC prosecuting mm-hmm. Library and Ripple and countless others. Dude, they're uh, prosecuting th- their own people when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, you know creating crypto. The banking cryptocurrency. What was it? Ripple, was it? Was that the banking one? I mean, they're trying to. Like, Ripple was trying to be sold to the banking industry. They they were trying to serve the banking industry right, and be very compliant with yeah. the government. And even though they and did that, they, right? It's like well, the thing is, you <laughs> can use their coin without using their token. You can split, use the same technology, spin up, spin up your very own um, blockchain, but zero's been mined. I want to go to the phones here. We got uh, Major Payne. You can bring up anything that's on your mind. What's on your mind, Major? Hey guys. Yeah, I'm thinking about these 87,000 IRS agents that they, they're adding. Oh, yeah. The, Sounds uh, like a good story. The uh, um, circular that they petitioned to, to recruit these guys reads like a battle brochure. I mean, they want you to be uh, hard and ready and, you know. Armed they're, to they're, the teeth. Oh, I always yeah, am. Yeah, you're referring so, to the advertisement uh, that apparently they posted somewhere online to hire these 87,000 people that was saying that they needed to be uh, prepared to carry arms and shoot people if necessary. And then they apparently went and removed some of that wording from the advertisement. <laughs> Always remember, the government values your money more than it values your, your life. life yeah. Oh yeah. If you want, if you, if you want to see it, it was on the DC Patriot. Oh yeah, yeah I've I've seen it, and then they changed it because uh, of uh, all yeah, the, I mean, the feedback. Only seventy thousand agents now. They want another eighty-seven thousand. Mm-hmm. Hell, like the seventy they got ain't making us miserable enough. Yeah. Well, the only answer is to get out of the United States as far as uh, secession. I mean, you can obviously phys- physically leave if you can afford it, but mm-hmm. uh, political solutions are not going to include voting new people into the federal government. It is never going to change. It's never going to get better. It doesn't matter who mm-hmm. you vote for. The swamp will infect them if they are already not an evil person. And so uh, the only way out is to say peacefully goodbye. Best case scenario, if you if you treat 
if you choose somebody with absolute integrity who cannot be bought, threatened, intimidated, or blackmailed, they'll just whack them. Thank you, Major Payne, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, The number is 603-283-6160. So uh, apparently it was Wednesday. Uh, The the news is coming out today. No. Uh, Wednesday this week, the news is coming out now where the FIOD, that is the law enforcement, what I I believe is to be the the equivalent of the Federal uh, Bureau of Investigation or the FBI, in the Netherlands, arrested a 29-year-old man in Amsterdam. He is suspected of involvement in... This is their press release, by the way, right from their website, FIOD.nl. He is suspected of involvement in concealing criminal finance flows and facilitating (laughs) Money money laundering. And facilitating money laundering through mm-hmm. the mixing of cryptocurrencies through the decentralized Ethereum mi- mixing service Tornado <laughs> Cash. Multiple arrests are not ruled out. These advanced technologies, such as decentralized organizations that may... That's an advanced technology, a decentralized... <laughs> I guess it is, compared to the old corporate setup. I mean, of, well, sure. It's, it's, the funny thing about a DAO is it's not, it's not a technology... For for software, so much as it's a way of organizing people. It's a newer way, and so there, I guess it is advanced compared to uh, old corporate uh, setups. But anyway, such as decentralized organizations that may facilitate money laundering are receiving extra attention from the FIOD. Also in the cryptocurrency domain, the FIOD stands for a safe financial Netherlands <laughs> and investigates with a fit. Oh yeah, you're safe so long as you don't write any damn software. Then you're screwed. And investigates with effect and impact. Today, the suspect is brought before the examining judge. Tornado Cash is a mixing service for cryptocurrencies. The online service makes it possible to conceal the origin or destination of cryptocurrencies. The the criminal origin of the cryptocurrencies is often not or hardly checked by such mixing services. That's because there is no service. There's no no person that's running this this thing. This is is another example of... uh, Pro- prosecutorial, I guess, or I don't know, or is this the the? I guess this is the equivalent of the FBI, it's the but, FBI basically. but this is the equivalent of the FBI basically getting up and lying to the public about what's going on because as which you, they do all the time, right? Which they do every time. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, the, the more I follow a case, the more lies that I hear or I notice. It's oh, yeah. like if if you read if you read the press releases, uh, you know, you'll you'll notice some things. But if you start like going through like actual, um, you know, uh, what what is it? Uh, doc the docket right and mm-hmm. look through like different things that are submitted you'll very quickly notice that like every other word that comes out of the government's mouth is a lie when mm-hmm. it comes to cases particularly like this but it's not even just cases like this but in particular cases like this There's never no forget what nietzsche wrote the government is the coldest of cold monsters coldly it lies and this lie droppeth from its lips that i the government am the people mm. everything the government says is a lie and everything they have is stolen absolutely Uh, i like nietzsche in june of 2022 the financial advanced cyber team fact of the fiod started in a criminal investigation against tornado cash that is offered on the internet by means of a decentralized autonomous organization a DAO, DAO, is an organization that does not have a hierarchical decision-making process, for example, by a board. Instead, decisions are made on the basis of members' votes. The decisions are recorded in a programming code in a so-called smart contract. The operation of the DAO also takes place using these smart contracts. That seems relatively true uh, as far as a summary of what a decentralized autonomous organization is. 
And there is one that is involved in Tornado Cash, as I understand it. But Tornado Cash itself is just a contract that was issued, I don't know, a couple years ago or two or three years ago mm-hmm. onto the Ethereum blockchain. I don't know if the DAO can go in there and change that. Maybe they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, there but, may be no way to stop it. Yeah, I don't think there is. Fact suspects that through Tornado... that Through Tornado... I think they mean though... I don't know. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's, it's probably not their native language it, here. It's an English is it version. F-A-C-T? Of if they're in the Netherlands, it's almost certainly not their native language. FACT stands for the Financial Advanced Cyber Team. Oh, that's interesting. There's the there's fire. another uh, copyright uh, organization that goes out like anti anti uh, piracy yeah. uh, organization that's also called Fact. Uh, suspects that through Tornado Cash has been used to conceal large criminal money flows, large-scale criminal money flows, including from uh, online thefts of cryptocurrencies, so-called hacks, and scams. These include funds stolen through hacks by a group believed to be associated with North Korea. Tornado Cash started in 2019, and according to fact, it has achieved turnover of at least $7 billion. Investigations showed that at least $1 billion worth of cryptocurrencies of criminal origin passed through the mixer. It is suspected that persons behind this organization have made large-scale profits from these transactions since monday uh this week tornado cash has been placed by the u.s government on the ofac sanctions list of america so that's somehow relevant to what yeah. goes on in the netherlands so they even gave us a number there what was one billion out of how much did they allege one out of seven one out of seven, one out of seven. okay so invest- most of it is not uh criminal. Most of it's not the investigation is led or at least that they know of uh led by the public prosecutor's office for serious fraud environmental crime and asset confiscation. So it does sound like they're charging him in the Netherlands over this. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. The phones are open here. Uh, we're talking about an attack, the continuing attack, but the latest uh, news in the attack against privacy on uh, the world of cryptocurrency. Attacking the Tornado Cash mixer, which is not the first mixer they've come after. They did go after a different one in, I think it was May of this year, but I believe the difference, and I have not confirmed this yet. But I believe the difference is that the mixer they attacked earlier this year with sanctions was not an open source mixer. And this one is. Uh, This is called Tornado Cash. And it is essentially, as one guy puts it here on a Twitter thread about the guy they've now arrested. They've arrested one of the contributors to Tornado Cash, one of the programmers named Alex Pertsev, a gentleman named Chris Bleck, is writing about this on his Twitter account, at Chris B-L-E-C. He says uh, that Tornado Cash, so he's got the announcement that we just read a few moments ago by the Netherlands police, essentially their equivalent of the FBI, the FIOD over there. Uh, He says the announcement contains errors. It says that Tornado is operated by a decentralized autonomous organization. That is wrong. He says there is no entity. Tornado is open source code running in several autonomous smart contracts. It was written once, deployed once. And not touched since then. I think that's interesting, right? Yeah. These guys cooked up some code for privacy. They put it on the internet. They invited everybody to use it. And turns out some criminals used it. So now they're being charged with uh, criminal acts. I mean, you know, this this sort of almost sounds sort of like kind of a similar... I don't know how similar it is exactly, but it sort of sounds like... The absurdity is kind of like 
going after UPS or USP because somebody shipped some drugs. Because somebody shipped some drugs. Like, yeah. really? I mean, they're not doing that though, are they? <laughs> it would be. It, no, it would be a really obviously. It would be right. ridiculous. They, they. It would be ridiculous. And plus, UPS has lawyers right yeah. so ups is a uh, wealthy organization that is going to fight if all of a sudden the federal government shows up and says well somebody shipped some drugs through your service so we're going to go ahead and arrest your whole management team now that's not right. going to go that's not going to fly and and every major corporation is run by friends of the existing power structure right. the establishment doesn't go after the establishment and, they go true. after anybody who becomes a threat to the establishment I, I also have to wonder you know um writing code and publishing are two different things right mm-hmm. so like even if you're going to make the if you're going to make the argument that there's some sort of criminal liability because you should have known if the person who wrote the code isn't the one who published the code or mm-hmm. it, it executed it so to speak right yeah. mm-hmm. um you know i mean how much liability can there be right like <laughs> i mean if alexander the graham bell had thought ahead he would have known that the telephone would be used to to hire murderers right. to mm-hmm. arrange all sorts of criminal deals if henry ford had thought ahead, he would have known that the automobile would be used for all kinds of nefarious purposes, even by the IRS. Um, (laughs) So, uh, you know, it's uh, pretty much by that standard, unless you're one of the privileged establishment people who can do no wrong, the rest of us by not being privileged, can do no right. Mm, yeah. Anything I mean, we do will screw us. They come for you whenever they right. want. Right. Because, you know, I should know as a business owner who sells computers that my computers will, if mm. I sell computers, somebody will, some criminal at some point will come along, buy it a computer, and then use it, right, for criminal activity. Somebody's Am I supposed to then not sell computers? On, on, on I'm that. sure. How could right. you? <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yep. Uh, he points out here, because again, Chris Black, he says, more importantly, Tornado wasn't written for illicit reasons. Ethereum offers no default privacy to its users. Tornado helps the average Ethereum user conceal their finances from one another. That's why it was created. It wasn't created to assist criminals. Tornado actually added a compliance feature in recent years. Any Tornado user can prove the address that sent and received the funds from any note. This gives Tornado users a way to show their government overlords that they're not crooks, but this was not enough for them. If a criminal can get it, then no one can get it. This is the government attitude towards privacy. You will have no privacy as long as a quote-unquote criminal can also access it. This is the immoral, unethical, and illogical case for Know Your Customer requirements. The only way Tornado could have fixed this was with Know Your Mm -hmm. Customer, which they couldn't possibly do. It's a decentralized contract. Uh, Yeah, I mean, a a computer program really can't do KYC. I mean, think about if you're selling Bitcoin, think about what you have to go through with a user to try and establish whether they are honestly buying Bitcoin for themselves or whether they're they're being scammed. It's very difficult. Even natural intelligence is 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 falls short yep. on that task frequently that's because the, the victims no are told way. to lie the, yeah the scammers tell the victims to tell lies in order to pass through kyc requirements yeah that's it and and you know and and that and and you know you're working between the uh between a rock and a hard place because 
you know, if they if they say, "Oh no, I'm not getting scammed. I'm buying weed," then you're screwed. Mm-hmm. There is, um, you know, there is there is something I think that's important to note about this case, and I, I, it's not so much. I don't know if this is the case in the Netherlands specifically, but generally speaking, if it, it's not enough to know, you don't. It's not enough to know that people can use your product to commit crimes. It's that's that's not necessarily a crime knowing that people can use your product to commit crimes. It's selling or doing business with somebody who you know is committing crimes uh, yes, that becomes the problem. Money, money laundering. So it's it's a big a big question here. I think is is that a requirement in the Netherlands mm-hmm. law in terms of, of this case? You would think it would have to be pretty much, but. Mm-hmm. When I, I mean, can't otherwise everybody's it. a criminal. I trade in dollars. I know that not only are dollars used in war crimes, but the same people who are issuing the dollars are committing the war crimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, they exempt themselves. What can I do? A yeah. uh, little bit more here. This is from the what is this called? Whiteboardcrypto.com newsletter where he gets into some of the details on what these sanctions are. He says so. Uh, there's an organization called the Office of Foreign Assets Control, or OFAC, which is a government agency that investigates who the United States should be blocked from doing business with. And by that, they mean the people of the United mm. States. Obviously, we shouldn't be doing business with criminals, right? There's this special list called the hmm. SDN. I'd rather deal with criminals than deal with politicians. Or yeah. specially designated national and blocked persons list that contains a list of people, groups of people, and things that are now illegal to interact with. This is what the sanctions, the sanctioned persons list, basically. Some of these countries include Cuba, oh. Iran, Iraq, and North Korea, but recently, Tornado Cash was added to the list. That means it is now illegal for any u.s person mm-hmm. to engage in trade or perform quote-unquote other dealings mm-hmm. with the decentralized application known as tornado cash for- is this like the no fly list where there's like no due process of law that's and what it seems like once you're on the list you can't get off the list yeah, how do you challenge this well it's uh well, you have to commit i'd like you to, to know the answer you have to violate it first i mean and then they you have probably to have to you, go I to think. prison first yeah. and then yeah. maybe you'll like. win on on appeal well, once right. your life is ruined right because anybody who would... after a couple of decades and of course probably many other people doing the same thing because the supreme court won't take it right because until... well, who has besides somebody you know, charged criminal, courts besides somebody who's been charged criminally yep. who has standing well in theory right. it would be the operators of tornado cash but there are none it's just somebody wrote the code so would it be people who wrote the code that have standing well none of those if there's anybody probably anybody, the owner of the copyright if there's there's no such thing there's no copyright uh there is if it's under like gpl or something gpl products are actually copyrighted is smart, co- is smart contracts Maybe. under gpl is that um, a thing? i i don't know i mean i think any contract can be placed under uh, under any license you want, like any other piece of open source pro- uh, software. Well, we don't know how many programmers there were. We know at least one has been arrested now in the Netherlands, or maybe more. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe some of them are anonymous. Maybe others are not anonymous. And so certainly the anonymous ones would be fools to step into the limelight and say, oh, yeah, I worked on yeah. that code. Let me challenge this. <laughs> you know, you know what's no, also- what would make sense would be for them to sell the copyright to somebody who's willing to step forward for a dollar mm. uh, just so he can do that 
without being one the of the program. He's the owner mm-hmm. now, but he mm-hmm. wasn't the owner then, and he can prove it. You know, it, it's also kind of interesting because if somebody submitted, I don't know, say a patch, right, to Tornado Cash, right, and the patch was accepted, right, mm-hmm. are they also then, you know, guilty of like, Good chance of it. all of these mm-hmm. accusations yeah. now because they submitted mm-hmm. a They're going to get into that. They're going to get into a small the, bug fix. Mm-hmm. Yes. The one possibility that, that would change everything, of course, would be if, he, if this guy was actually out soliciting people that he knew to be criminals to use his service as a way to defend they're themselves. Not alleg- they're not even alleging that. Yeah. Uh, they're well, not even making that claim. Yeah. Uh, not yet. Sure. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. But usually they bring out all the bit with the worst sounding claims oh, with, yeah. the, with the press release. Mm-hmm. So if they were going to make that allegation, I think they would have by now. Uh, but there's more to say about this. And if you want to weigh in, you can join us. And uh, on the way, also, Pornhub is back in the news. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live's video archives have been on Library for years. Library is an uncensorable, decentralized, blockchain-based media sharing protocol, and we're big fans of it here on Free Talk Live. In 2020, Library launched Odyssey, a video sharing website to compete with YouTube, and it's really taking off, now with over 1 million channels, many of whom are disaffected YouTube creators. During YouTube's crackdown for not towing the government line on COVID, the Free Talk Live YouTube channel started receiving strikes and could be completely taken down at any moment. Thankfully, Odyssey started offering live streaming, so we're now streaming live every night and posting our video archives permanently to Odyssey. You can watch live or anytime on our Odyssey channel by visiting video.freetalklive.com. If you want to go all in, download the desktop app at lbry.com, and then every video archive you watch, you'll help seed and keep it online forever. At minimum, we ask you visit video.freetalklive.com and follow us on Odyssey today. Video.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. We're kicking off the second hour of the program. I want to say thank you to A. Friedman, who is a Free Talk Live supporter of our AMPS program. AMPS stands for Advertise, Market, Promote, and Support, and A. Friedman is gold level, which means that A. Friedman is contributing at least 10 bucks a month to what we do here, which is spreading the ideas of freedom. So if you like what we do, please, you can join him over at amps.freetalklive.com. That's amps.freetalklive.com. Here tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Let's go to the phones to the fun. We got more to say on this uh, attack against privacy, the latest attack against cryptocurrency uh, on a mixing service called Tornado Cash, which has now been added to the sanctioned entities list in the United States. But first, Olivia is on the line in Arizona. Go ahead, Olivia. Hey, dudette. Hey. I'm really glad that uh, the tech people are on tonight because I just watched a video that it was something that I had noticed but I haven't really heard anybody cover, so I'm sorry if you guys already talked about it. But Did you um, say the putts know. people? Tech people. The, the tech, tech people. Tech. Oh, okay. That's way <laughs> no, off. No, not the putts people. <laughs> okay, what was the video? <laughs> um, it's by Jimmy Corsetti of Bright Insight. He was a guest on Joe Rogan once, and he was talking about how Google and other search engines are deleting parts of the Internet, or really what they're not doing is they're not accessing parts of the Internet. So people will remember, used to, if you typed in a popular keyword, uh, you'd get billions of results, and you could literally click on those pages at the bottom that just seemed to go on forever. Mm -hmm. And now, if you do that, um, you guys probably don't use Google, but 
Um, if you do that now, I do you'll sometimes. Notice, like, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes um, you have no on, choice. Mm. Right. Exactly. It, yeah. So if you go to images, you get very few images anymore. The page doesn't go on forever. And if you go to the bottom with the numbers to click through the pages, um, mm. you only get about 40 pages. Really? At most. If, if you, yes, if you, well, it's about 20. And then if you click uh, repeat with omitted searches that are similar, you only get about 40 pages. And on the last page, it'll say um, huh. only like, it'll, mm. it, it goes from so many billions of results to like 400 results. It's really crazy. So wow. they basically, and it's all popular, like news media uh, outlets, you know, it's all the, the name brand stuff. So if you have a little blog, you know, internet was for everyone if you had a little blog it'll be out there depending uh, you could type in a quote i remember and it's not just controversial topics i was looking for a news story about yoko ono mm -hmm. an interview that she had given about when she was younger she uh heard the story about uh the samurai who decided to take on all the troubles of the world and she thought that was really noble so she decided to do that too and she had nothing but bad luck and then when she decided she was done with that and she just wanted like these seven blessings or something some kind of japanese uh religious uh, philosophy then her luck changed and she became this like household name so and i couldn't find that interview anywhere it was just all john lennon stuff and so it's any topic i actually had that experience with with two different things you used to be able to type in a few words out of a quote and find that 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 quote yeah. on the internet and i was looking that. for something out of uh out of John Locke's uh, mm -hmm. second treatise on government, fifth chapter. And you're putting quotes um, around it, right? Um, well, I, I didn't have that many words in order, but uh. basically I had to I had to go to the book. And then I was looking for images of violence from the civil, civil rights era because somebody was saying, uh, oh, well, I don't, people have to have a lot of hate to make, make them not want to make america great again i was like well you know there are people out there for whom america was never that great mm -hmm. <laughs> um you know they're having dogs sicked on them because they wanted to be treated like humans so i was trying to photobomb them uh and and i i could find very few images of violence from this from the civil rights era and a lot of them were repeats mm. um like i'd get the same image like 50 times in, in different shapes and sizes, uh, it, it used to be better. We need decentralized search. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, and, and go ahead and give credit to whoever it was that you said was on Rogan that mentioned this. Olivia, who, who uh, is it? His name is, his name is Jimmy Corsetti of Bright Insight. Yeah, this is interesting. I just tested the, the claim because normally when you're mm -hmm. searching for something, you're searching for something specific, right? And so it's not unbelievable mm -hmm. that, oh, well, there's only 20 pages of results. I looked for something specific. So I just searched for the word search. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably a lot of results for the word search on, on the Internet, right? And if, indeed, if you Google, search for them. Uh, well, indeed. And, uh, and Google does say when you search for the word search that there are 25 billion results 25.2 billion results but yet as as olivia points out you can only go up to 20 pages of them and then if you do the omitted results then it goes to 40 or 41 pages and that's it that's all you get so what would be really interesting would be come up with a with a decentralized search engine where basically it uses the seti approach of spreading the uh spreading the data across a lot of different people's uh, computers and mm -hmm. 
basically the, the way it would operate it is you put in your, your search term to whatever you put it into, okay, and then basically you flag the best results you got back. This is this is what I was looking for mm-hmm. when I typed that in. And, uh, and, and then aggregate all that data across a lot of different machines. The neat thing is the aggregators would get to see all the cool stuff that other people were were searching on. And when something got popular, all of a sudden it would start being bandied around a lot. So so it would be like the trending list on, on Twitter. Wasn't there something like that? I feel like we've talked about alternatives to Google search before, and there were some, I don't know, maybe it was one that you mentioned, Chris, that might have had some kind of... It sounds familiar to me what you're mm-hmm. what you're describing, nobody. Maybe there is something like that out there. I just don't recall. Do you know mm-hmm. Chris offhand? Uh, does that ring a bell for you? I, I'm not entirely sure what we're talking about, except uh, a decentralized, like a decentralized search. search. Yeah, I, I think pre-search is is the one that comes to mind. Um, but I, I've heard it's of like that. A, I think it's blockchain based. That's I, what I was thinking. Yeah, I yeah. knew there was one that involved blockchain and some sort of a client. Yeah, um, there's some others out there, uh, but I know I know there's some that are like really complicated to set up, and then there's others that are like they're they're sort of intended to make mm-hmm. your search results more anonymous as opposed to being like an actual search engine and indexing its own content. The thing I really want to see on on the blockchain because I think this is going to become as we move further and further into the Orwell years. I think this is going to become a real issue. I would love it if people started taking the ha- taking the uh, the text of like every story published in the uh, in the New York Times, take the full text of it and hash it. So all of a sudden. You know, if, they changed if the hash changes, mm-hmm. you know they changed the text of that that article. And I was thinking of that when they redefined recession. You know, straight out of Orwell. I mean, I uh, first quiz I took in economics was the definition of of mm-hmm. recession. It's two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth. That's all it's ever been. Even the idiots who say that's not the definition anymore, they can't tell you what the definition no, is now. It's a word without a definition. Uh, Olivia, anything else you want to share tonight? Yes. So this just deeply really upsets me because, you know, the Internet was the final frontier, you know, and and it just seemed impossible to regulate, you know, and, and the spread of information and free information and the chance for anybody to kind of be found and share what they have was is so sacred and paramount. And I used to find all these cool indie designers because I'm into, like, interior design and decorating and things like that. Mm-hmm. And now I try to find them. I can't, like, nobody said. I try to type in, like, words I can remember of a quote. Used to, it was super mm-hmm. easy to find what you wanted. Now you get completely unrelated crap. Mm-hmm. So it's just really distressing. This is how they monopolize things. Mm-hmm. And once again, now you have to know someone who puts you out in front of people instead of mm-hmm. on the merits of your work. And it's just really a bummer. What I think we need to do is go from the Internet to the Undernet. Okay. What does that mean? Uh, what, what, what I mean is we need an undergroundish piece of piece of internet. Something that's something not the dark like, web? Uh, yeah, something, uh, you know, maybe maybe not the, the dark web, maybe the twilight web. <laughs> um, you know, uh, that basically is something that's decentralized. 
Um, Olivia, thanks for the call tonight. I do appreciate hearing from you. And yeah, Chris, it was the pre-search one that uh, is that claims at least to be decentralized. You can run a node, yeah. uh, for instance. There's some sort of a crypto involved. Uh, there's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. are open and you can join us here. All you gotta do is call in at 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Of course, inflation is at 40-year record highs. The dollar continues to weaken and a lot of people are looking for alternatives. And one of those alternatives, of course, is precious metals. Folks over at bullionmax.com can help you with this. They are a direct consumer precious metals retailer. They can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's security for your family in times of crisis. You can buy direct from bullionmax.com without talking to a salesperson and your precious metals ship fully insured directly to your home. It's fast and easy. Free Talk Live has a special offer to get you started. You can get bullionmax.com silver starter kit at employee pricing. Just go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. You get five ounces of the most desirable silver products, including a 2022 Silver American Eagle, the Buffalo Round, and Buffalo Silver Bar. It's limited to just one of these starter kits per household. So you can get yours now. Just go to bullionmax.com slash FTL. That's bullionmax.com slash FTL. And uh, Ron Paul has been working with uh, Bullion Max as one of their spokespeople, which uh, makes it pretty good in my book. Once again, bullionmax.com slash FTL. And uh, tonight in the studio, Ian, Nobody, and Chris, we were talking about the... Uh, the news about tornado cash and what does it actually mean for computer code to be added to the sanctions list? I mean, normally sanctions are some sort of world government. So you got uh, Iran and North Korea and Iraq or Cuba. These are countries that are on the sanctions list. So that means that basically anybody that's in those countries, you're not allowed to do uh, do business with. Them. I, I believe Turkey is also on the, that list. I don't I certainly don't have a complete list here, but that's what uh, is included here in this uh, email update. From I wonder if the Young Turks know about that. Whiteboard which, which crypto. is interesting because they're part of NATO. Whiteboardcrypto.com uh, has got this email here. And so then also there are certain individuals who are on this list. But now there's a computer code that is open source and is running currently on the Ethereum smart contract system called Tornado Cash. Are you looking? Uh, well, one one also, uh, one big question is: What about Ethereum miners? Do the, all that, Ethereum miners have have uh, have criminal liability for this thing? That's a great question. They actually do address that in the story. I think. Uh, so let me go on here. So he says it's now illegal to for anyone in the U.S. to engage in trade or perform "quote unquote" other dealings with a decentralized application known as Tornado Cash. For starters, oh, that's not vague at all. This means, no, of course not. This could mean using it, depositing funds into the contract, and withdrawing funds from the contract. But to go even further, it could also mean donating to the project, which is found mm-hmm. on Gitcoin, adding code to the project, or even visiting the mm-hmm. website. The the code is back up on Gitcoin. I don't I've know never if heard ba- of Gitcoin. I don't know if it's back up. Uh, it may have been uh, there. I don't know what well, Gitcoin is. you said Gitcoin, not That's what GitHub. it says here. Yeah, Gitcoin. I don't know what okay. that is. 
Um, I, I don't know what that is it either, sounds like but some I sort of crypto to find thing. out. So, uh, it's more probably question- a crypto-related GitHub, sounds which like I should be on that. More questionably, he says, you might even be guilty if, you're fa- if you are found mining a transaction that interacts with the application. I mean, that is quite a stretch, but it could be the case. And for listeners that don't know what that means is, on uh, systems like Bitcoin or Ethereum, there are miners that are constantly at work trying to verify transactions and essentially secure the, the network. So the suggestion here is that if, if you are the, in, the individual, if your computer miner is the one that found the block or mined that block onto uh, the network permanently, if that there was a transfer between one you know, tornado cache address and somebody else, then that would be you facilitating the alleged criminal activity of sanctions. So That makes me wonder whether, whether Monero miners know the content of the transactions as they mine them. Seems unlikely. They might not, if it's, if it's truly zero information. Yeah. Um, in which case, I, I I don't know if that would protect them, but it's but it's interesting. It would be it would be hilarious if they forced us all on the Monero. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> that seems like where they're going to go next. And actually, he does address Monero in this as well, because that was the big question of when this came out earlier this week. Okay, they're going after Tornado Cash. What's to stop them from going after any other privacy-related uh, system on the internet, whether it be Monero or Zcash or, you know, you fill in, in the blank? Yeah, usually they want to start with something that would make the average person go, ew. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, that's, and why they they don't... Tr- that's why they trotted out North Korea with right, these allegations. Right. Um you know, but but it's like, doesn't North Korea have a right to trade? Are, are North Koreans just supposed to starve to death? Apparently, Is that's that what the they plan? believe. Yep. Um, uh, he says, I know you're thinking they can't block a decentralized application, right? Well, technically, it is decentralized, so it's very difficult to take down. However, putting it on the sanctions list is going to have a ton of second-order consequences, and so now he's going to get into what those are. For starters, mm-hmm. any tokens used on the platform must prevent usage if possible. So, as we discussed earlier this week, USDC is a stablecoin, as they call it, which means it's a crypto token backed by the U.S. dollar. Uh, it's issued by a company, a private company called Circle, which is based in the United States. So what happened earlier this week? Circle went into their uh, their system, mm-hmm. their smart contract that they absolutely can administer because it's a centralized company. It's their code. They run the thing. And they mm-hmm. block and blacklisted, blocked out, I don't know how many, you know, a dozen or whatever, maybe more addresses that were associated with Tornado Cash, and they froze all of the the USDC in those accounts. Those people cannot touch their their money, even though no. they may not have been doing anything illegal. It, it, I've I've been thinking about how to get around this kind of thing. Don't would, use USDC. Well, it, don't use USDC, yeah. but but or tether. Avoid stablecoins. Uh, you know, it would be interesting to have little servers running on Raspberry Pis, which are just tiny little Linux boxes, yeah. and basically find like government buildings that have Wi-Fi and just plug them in. You know, make them make them uh, unobtrusive and just plug them into an outlet. And walk away. And, and what would that do? Uh, well, basically, it could be sitting there mining or running a, mm-hmm. uh, running a contract. But even if they physically locate it, they don't know who put it there. 
Yeah, yeah they may have surveillance you're, footage. You're long yeah, gone. Surveillance footage might be uh, um, available. Well, it, it might be, but of course, it may not, if, if you're smart, it may not have been you that actually uh, put it there. Maybe you find a, find a homeless guy and go, mm. oh yeah, go into this government building and use, use, the, uh, <laughs> use the bathroom and plug this into the wall and walk away and I'll give you 10 bucks. So they got to locate this homeless guy, but even when they, if and when they locate him, does he know who you are? Not if you're smart. Um, the number is 603-283-6160 if you want to join us here. So we'll talk about some of the other uh, secondary and uh, tertiary consequences here, like these centralized stablecoins blocking people out, preventing them from even using their accounts. The number is 603-283-6160. There is a decentralized stablecoin these days that's been around for a few years called DAI, but they made the mistake of backing their supposedly decentralized stablecoin with USDC. And they oh, need sheesh. to die. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, they're taking a vote this week to uh, change that and, and, and back Good. it with other things. But what a mistake. More coming up. As inflation surpasses another 40-year high, the U.S. dollar continues to weaken. Savvy investors are diversifying into gold and silver, and you can also own the most stable assets in recorded history with bullionmax.com. BullionMax.com is a direct-to-consumer precious metals retailer who can help you diversify into gold and silver. It's security for your family in times of crisis. Buy direct from BullionMax.com without talking to a salesperson, and your precious metals ship fully insured directly to your home. It's fast and easy. Free Talk Live has a special offer to get you started. Get BullionMax.com Silver Starter Kit at employee pricing. Just go to BullionMax.com FTL. This kit includes five ounces of the most desirable silver products, including a 2022 Silver American Eagle, a Buffalo Round, and a Buffalo Silver Bar. This offer is limited to one per household, so get yours now. Go to bullionmax.com FTL. Free Talk Live. And you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And also, Freedoms Phoenix is your source for all news. Economic news, government overreach, insane government spending, and more. You can get today's uh, headlines all in one place. And from a fresh libertarian perspective, you can find that and more at freedomsphoenix.com. That's freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. As we continue here, we will uh, dig in a little bit deeper into the tornado cash situation. Then Chris has a story about Pornhub being banned a second time from credit card providers? Yeah, it's it has to do with advertising, selling them, I guess, selling advertising. Yeah, we'll talk about it coming up here in a, now, in a bit. go away, silly British knigget, or I will taunt you a second time. We go first, though, to Sarah in New Mexico. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Sarah. Oh, God. Oh, yes. Um, what I've been told is that, you know, our state has always been a the Sioux state, from what I've been hearing. The Sioux State? Sioux. S-U-E. Sioux State. Like they Sioux people? Are they litigious? Yeah, very, very, um, very, very litigious state. And I have seen many, many law offices 
around downtown, and I've also seen many lawyer commercials. And I'm I'm trying to figure out why this is so. And um, and what's well, interesting? Well, people like have? money, and they don't like to work. So <laughs> if you can if you can use the use the court system to scam everybody outside of your money, you don't mm-hmm. have to work. As a matter of fact, that would be a great way for for. I mean, if you don't have any other skills, that would be a great way for you to spend your time. Go fall down in a bank. <laughs> you know, I hate banks. <laughs> Uh, there was, of course, a, a very popular television series called Better Call Saul that is focused there in uh, in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, uh, Sarah, is there any evidence that New Mexico is more litigious than other states? Because it seems mm-hmm. like the United States is a particularly litigious society in general. Well, when you stop caring about people, you don't mind using force against mm-hmm. them. Uh, what I was amazed was that you know that McDonald's that the water was too hot and it, and it, it spilled onto her private. It burned mm-hmm. her. Yeah, it's an old private, case. That, well, and actually, it's not as crazy like, as it sounds like because that that particular coffee. I, I had a lawyer uh, that say you know that's a really bad example for you to use because they actually had it like twenty degrees above the near boiling that they usually keep Mm. coffee at. So it did a significant amount more damage to this poor person than it would have done under normal circumstances. But go ahead. Well, anyway, that was from Albuquerque, believe it or not. And and the lady, the, the food... I mean, people got so upset with her that she had to move out of Albuquerque. So... That is the example of the Sue happiness of, of this place. But again, so, well, I guess she was so sad by the end because she had to move. Sarah, uh, you didn't answer my question, though. Is there some evidence that says that New Mexico is more litigious than the rest of the states? Well, I don't know the actual, like, um, like per capita data. I don't know if they have a real breakdown. But I have a theory okay. why this is Data matters. It's not the plural of anecdote. Go ahead with your theory. Well, I have a, I have a theory why this is so. Because mm. the, the, it's like the, everybody has to kind of fend for themselves. Because... because <laughs> I the thought you guys were all commies down there. Sharon, share That's alike. what she's saying. She's saying, there's, uh, she's saying communism would fix this problem, right, Sarah? Is that what you're getting to? Well, just kind of like the wild, wild leftover mentality. In other words, the laws are not going to protect you. In other words, if you get run over by a red light violator, you have to sue them yourself. You have to get a lawyer and get money out of them because the the mm-hmm. state or the city is not going to protect you against speeders or red light violators or um or anybody else. Well, that's actually a lot better for the poor bastard who got run over because what they'll do in a lot of states is, oh, you ran this guy over. Okay, well, we're going to take $100,000 from you. The guy you ran over, he doesn't get a dime, but we're going to jack you. Okay, but, you know, if I got ran over... I'd want that money myself. It would. I'd, I'd. I'd feel worse if the government got a bunch of money out of it because they're just going to hurt people with it. So, Sarah, well, you, you actually believe that communism would stop this, right? You think that if there was a communist government, that people would have everything they needed, and so therefore they wouldn't be, uh, you know, the way that you know nobody was suggesting all litigious and 
lazy. Are you aware that there are history books out there and you can actually read words on the paper and it will tell you about things that happened in the past? Because I think that if you knew anything about the history of the world, you would you you would quickly abandon that theory. You mean like the history of communism? The the history of well, communism, I, the no, history the of reality. Well, I didn't understand the communism part of it. I mean, we do have form, form of communism, like you said. We have what our state gets the most government assistance because of our poverty, uh, more people on disability, Medicaid, food stamps, and whatnot. Also, but that aspect of communism. The other aspect is that our laws do not really. It's not stringent. That part is not so much. Nobody's communism. laws like, protect anybody. Well, here's the thing: is that we have to sue they. They hired anybody, and then they they raped girls. They had sex with mentally ill girls in the mental hospital. Okay, Who runs the mental Half the people I've dated have been back. <laughs> hold on, Sarah. Hold on. Hold on. Who runs the mental hospital? Well, the thing is, your Who, mental who hospital, your, your, the, the, your state people, the, the law quiet part is the government the runs. Our state, we don't. So then our state, they have to get a lawyer to sue on behalf of the mental Okay, but who runs the mental hospital? Well, you know, it's run differently. Your state, they would... You're not going to answer that question, are you? We're going to hold your feet to the fire. Can you answer the question? Government government officials? I mean, the... Yeah, so you're saying that the government mental hospital is raping and molesting its own patients. Who hasn't been raped by the government a couple of times? Wait, wait, hold up. They were negligent in hiring anybody, like janitors or idiots. They just hired anybody onto the staff. And these are the people you want to run everything. And you know why they're negligent? Because when they screw up, you pay. And there's no consequences for them. That's true. Thank you, Sarah, for the call tonight. Uh, The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We're talking about some of the consequences of the tornado cash uh, the ban, basically, the sanctioning of Tornado Cash, which is an Ethereum mixer that is, as was pointed out earlier, just a code that exists on the Internet. There's no corporation involved here. There's no individual who's running this thing. Uh, but yet the federal government's going to start targeting people who interact with this smart contract, apparently. At least that seems to be the intention. They are now targeting the people who apparently programmed the smart contract with the, uh, the Netherlands arresting Good somebody Lord. this week. But they point out here that uh, another potential consequence is that centralized exchanges may very well start blocking and reporting any transactions to their accounts that they think might be associated with any of the sanctioned accounts. So they're sanctioning a group of accounts that's associated with Tornado Cash, for instance, wherever it is that the mixing goes on, and they have to remove the coins from the mixer and send it to their uh, to their clients. All of those have been sanctioned. And like the no-fly list, most of these people are completely innocent. Correct. And when you sign up to the exchanges, you know they collect your name and social security number and address, and they will be able to identify you uh, if some of this information comes to uh, some of this uh, data comes to you. Because that is ultimately what we're talking about, transferring data. That's what these contracts do. That's what cryptocurrency is. It's bits. It's bytes being moved around uh, from point to point on the Internet. The uh, ISP here. One other thing worth mentioning is that access to the Tornado Cash website can be blocked by your ISP or the company that gives you Internet. They can simply block any Tornado Cash web assets from being delivered to your address. Of course, there are ways around that. You can have a VPN. And and it doesn't matter because if it's delivered on the blockchain, then access it when you're not home. 
The number 603-283-6160. You can join us here and share your thoughts. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here in the studio tonight, you've got Ian. Nobody. And Chris. Phones are open, and you can bring up anything you want. We've been talking about the ramifications of what appears to be a first banning programming, banning code that somebody wrote a few years ago, called Tornado Cash. It is currently operating on the Ethereum blockchain. And what that means is there's not a server in a rack somewhere. Like, uh, like normally when a, a computer code is being run, it's being run on a single computer or maybe some computers in parallel or whatever, right? Like, it's, it's yeah. being run in usually one location on one machine or whatever. But in the case of Ethereum... The whole concept of the Ethereum crypto is not just that it's it's uh, like Bitcoin where it's being used as money. Ethereum is a programming system. It's essentially, it is a distributed computing system that people can upload code to. And mm-hmm. the, the crypto, the Ethereum tokens or the Ethereum cryptocurrency is used as the gas, if you will, the money that sort of makes the system go. Basically, you have to pay for every mm-hmm. line of code that you want to be run. And so the more complex Ethereum contracts cost more to uh, to operate. If it was cheaper, that would be a hell of a way to run a decentralized search system. If Ethereum was cheaper, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, Ethereum's really, ex- really expensive. The last I looked at some of the statistics on it, the, uh, the well, mm-hmm. of course, now that the prices of everything have gone down, it's probably a little mm-hmm. cheaper to uh, to use it. But Well, and of course, the other thing is you could just take the same software and sp- spin up your own uh, your own blockchain. Sure. Well, there is Ethereum no Classic already. On. Yeah. There is that. And there are other blockchains that have taken the Ethereum uh, virtual machine, as they called it, and, and they call it, and they put that on their blockchains, which mm-hmm. are supposedly more efficient and faster. And I don't know which one is, is the, you know, the, the market choice or anything like that at the moment. Mm-hmm. There are a bunch of them out there, including, I believe, Bitcoin Cash is now doing something in that uh, in that area. So we've been talking about some of the ramifications, which are that they're essentially telling people if you interact with this tornado cash and you're a quote-unquote U.S. person, that you could go to prison. And that I'm leads, not an us person. I'm a them person. And that leads to the question of, well, what if you're just simply mining the Ethereum blockchain and that a, a prohibited transaction goes through your computer during you know the process of, uh, of mining? Does that mean that you're now assisting in quote-unquote money laundering in that case? Working in a code mine going down. <laughs> <laughs> Does that constitute knowing or no, uh, should have known? <laughs> well, that's that's the thing. Like They're alleging mm-hmm. that this programmer who they've now arrested in the Netherlands, and they're apparently charging him in the Netherlands, so he's not... There's no talk about him being extradited at this time, but they're, you know, they're going after he's people... He's all right with the usual amount of dated. Yeah, they're, they're going after people, and they're saying, well... You made something that it, that people used criminally, 
So they're not saying right. that he per se even knew that. They're going after him anyway. And, and that's it's not, not even you. Henry Ford's some, like lucky he's dead. And it, Alexander Graham Bell. It's, I mean, how many people arranged for a murder over the tele over the telephone and then drove a car to commit it? Yeah, yeah it's it's some per, small percentage of people used illegally, right? It's not even just it's a minority. Right, them, right, right. Yeah. So that's what they that's what they're doing they're right minorities. now. And it brings up another question about uh, Monero, and we, we touched on this briefly earlier, but but the last point here they make on the whiteboard crypto uh, release about this is, what does this mean for, for Monero? If the United States government can add a D-app, meaning decentralized application, to the sanctions list, then they can definitely add a coin. And this would be very bad for Monero, as it would ensure that all U.S. exchanges remove Monero from their listings, which would greatly prevent people from trading the asset. That doesn't mean it would be the end for Monero, but it probably wouldn't be good for future development and price action. And for those that don't know, Monero is sort of the the world standard, if you will, for anonymized cryptocurrencies. We don't even know who the creator of Monero is, and thank goodness. Yeah, lucky him. Yeah, I mean, it was a smart move to not put your name on that particular product, because if they can go after a programmer of a simple mixer, Mm -hmm. well, they definitely would go after somebody who created Monero, which is much more obscure than just a simple crypto mixer. Well, you got to look at it from their point of view. Their banking system is complete crap yep. how and they dare people come come along and deliver something so much better that you you owe your lives to these bankers they own you and mm-hmm. you're trying to escape now of course some people might take the uh frederick uh the frederick Douglass tack and say when i left you i took nothing but what belonged to me and in no way reduced your means of making an honest living. This was from the escaped slave Frederick mm-hmm. Douglass in a later letter to his so-called master. master. Yeah, they're they're losing control. Is is what's going on? And I'm losing and they're, control. They're uh, they're freaking out about it. The government. Yeah, and they're doing everything within their power to try to slow the spread of cryptocurrency, to try to stop mm-hmm. people from getting their hands on these uh, these important technologies, because they will bring it will bring down the banking system uh, if enough people make the switch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and 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 the thing is, that, I mean, they literally, if they keep carrying this logic to its logical conclusion, which is where logic goes, if you don't watch it. Um, you know, if if you can ban the D app, why not ban the language it's written in, the mm, platform it's written on? Why not bring all technological progress to an end, <laughs> yeah. except that progress is made by the few people mm-hmm. who have nursed on the snotty ends of the proper meat whistles and therefore are permitted to actually produce things you know i I think a a good way to describe this might be these are the or say it is effectively these are the same people who want to ban cryptocurrency and are doing all this that want to ban cash and are Mm -hmm. yeah Um, they've they've begun doing it they want total control uh, and they want to ban farming they're banning farming in the netherlands and canada uh let's go to rob he's in vermont rob production must end you're on free talk live go ahead Hey, so uh, have you guys been or have, did you follow the case of the state of New Hampshire 
versus Vladimir Zukovsky at all? No, I did hear about this. Uh, Isn't that the president of the Ukraine? No, but this guy is apparently from somewhere in uh, Eastern Europe. But uh, Uh, From the name, he'd have to be. He was from Russia. Or have just terribly cruel parents. He was, uh, what was he charged with? He was recently found not guilty by a jury, and apparently the governor of the state of New Hampshire is upset about it, and he's been lambasting the jury process, I guess, publicly. Uh, Maybe I should cry. What's the well, story, I mean, Rob? Him and that, him and that meatball there that works at the attorney general's office. Say, I, I'm losing. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember his name, but they went ahead and made comments about the decision that the jury made. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I watched this trial on uh, WMUR. Uh, oh, okay. At the beginning, at the beginning, mm-hmm. okay. You could hear a lot of people making all the comments mm-hmm. about how bad this guy was and what he did. So I am on the brakes for just a second. What, his, what was this Joker charged with? He was charged with seven counts of of uh, manslaughter. Good God, who'd he slaughter? Well, I mean, uh, what I'm getting to is that this guy was on Route 2 up in north uh, uh, in 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 New Hampshire, and he was driving along on Route 2, and then the, in the other direction, there was this uh, motorcycle club. That, oh, I remember they, that crash. Yeah, and mm-hmm. what was said was that the guy driving the truck, Vladimir Zukowski, they said he was all gooned out on heroin. Mm. Yeah, who is it these days? Which, which wasn't what, true. It wasn't in the morning that he was on heroin, and in the afternoon he, he was good or something? Yeah, he was. He was. Uh, uh, they did a, a uh, analysis on his blood. They found there was nothing in there. Mm. But what they nothing? didn't tell the public. He's going to die. No, he didn't. He, he, no, he. There was there was there was no heroin in his system. Oh, okay. When you can live without that. Okay. Right. So, uh, but what they didn't tell the public was the guy leading the pack in this motorcycle group. Uh, was blood alcohol tested at 0.135. Oh so he's drunk. <laughs> really drunk. And that's how he right. died, the leader that's of twice, the pack. But, you know, that's twice the legal limit of what you know he should have been having. And they were on their way to go to where? The American Legion. So they can drink some In more. where? If they were on their way, they came from a tech pack. Hang on, uh, Rob. Sounds on- like a really interesting story, and uh, we're going to continue in a moment. The number is 603-283-6160. It sounded like uh, a head-on collision because he said there was the truck was going in one direction and these bikers were going in another. Uh, and apparently the jury found this guy not guilty. It's all that Russian disinformation. There's more coming up here. 603-283-6160. You can join us. Hour number three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Join liberty-minded voluntarists, anarchists, and libertarians from June 15th through the 18th for the 7th Annual Fork Fest at Rogers Campground in the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which sold out in 2022. For 2023, we're going back to where it all started, the weekend before Pork Fest. Fork Fest is decentralized, which means that there's no ticket cost and no one is in charge. All you have to do to join the fun is reserve your camping site, RV site, or motel room with Rogers Campground for June 15th through the 18th. 
You can find out more at the unofficial website ForkFest.Party. You can also connect with other attendees on the ForkFest Telegram and Matrix chat rooms, as well as the ForkFest Forum. You can find links to those at ForkFest.Party. We hope to see you there June 15th through the 18th. ForkFest.Party. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Kicking off the third hour of the show here in the studio tonight. It's Ian. Nobody. Hey, Chris. Ever reminding you that nobody knows how to live your life better than you do, and nobody should be making your decisions for you. Indeed. And uh, you can decide to call us at 603-283-6160. That's what Rob in Vermont did. He's talking about a trial that recently wrapped up here in New Hampshire where a truck driver from, I guess, Eastern Europe was in an accident involving several uh, members of a motorcycle club. And so what was it? Seven people died, Rob. Yeah, seven people. Yeah, seven people died out of the club. But what they didn't tell the public was that club came from a keg party. Mm. Okay, and everyone was all drinking. Drunk as a cooter brown. And you said that the you the know? leader of the motorcycle club had double, roughly double the legal limit of alcohol. I mean, that is pretty drunk, mm. right? And so they could, you know, they determined that the guy driving the pickup was not impaired. Okay. You know, but they did prove that the, all the guys driving them bikes, they were all impaired. So this wasn't a, tr- he wasn't a trucker as in uh, like a big rig. He was just driving a pickup truck. No, he was driving a pickup truck and, and he was pulling a, well, a In this trailer. case, it was a knockdown truck. Right, and it was said that he was swerving all over the road, which in fact he wasn't. Mm. And but the thing that's, that 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 that's troubling about all of this, or a, lo- a lot of different things, I should say, is that the guy was found not guilty. But yet, right after that trial, right after they took and he was detained by ICE. Oh yeah, I heard that's about cold. that. I heard, yeah, yes. It was pretty terrible. They're trying to, you know, what, extradite him from the U.S. or something? Or basically well, stay here illegally? Him? Well, I mean, because he had another previous charge in another state, I guess. They can't send him back because he's a full American now. Oh. He got all of his walking papers or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know why he, you know, why mm-hmm. how they could detain him. If he's, you know, already if he's if he's a legal uh, resident, yeah, yeah. So exactly. so what and does our what does our master, our Lord and Savior Sununu, uh, what exactly did he say about this? Uh, do you well, have any he, direct quotes? I I don't have the direct quotes in front of me, but he said that both him and the attorney general dressed down the jury, saying that they got it wrong. Mm. Uh, you know, and that this was a tragedy, and that, you know... The Did these idiots were... even sit through the whole trial? Probably not. No! 
I don't believe so. They didn't make the case. They didn't prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt and get a conviction. In fact, their case was so piss poor, they didn't even get a hung jury. They 100% of the jurors voted not guilty, and they set this guy supposedly free, and then ICE comes and snatches him up. you got to have a bad case if the jury's so upset they hang themselves. Well, I mean, a couple other things, too, is that, you know, What's this? You know, what if you know if another when another trial comes up, you know, what are people going to think about wanting to be a jury member? Mm-hmm. You know, and then on also, uh, I mean, I'm to me, in my opinion, you know, if they had to televised televised that trial, they would have found him guilty. Why? Why do you think That's that? That's what I believe. Well, because the people that are in power over New Hampshire are corrupt. Well, that's true everywhere. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if you that know, would have made a difference as far as the jurors are concerned, because when you televise a trial, you're generally under orders from the judge to not shoot the jury as far as, you know, you can't show who they are. So they're just as anonymous oh. in a televised trial as they are uh, in a non-televised trial. With cameras. I was thinking, God, you're never allowed to shoot them. <laughs> um, well, uh, well this, only- this is an illustration, though. So many people think they're smart by getting out of out of jury duty and i must admit last time i got a jury summons i didn't i didn't show but mm. i i didn't know um and also i was under well, you didn't indictment, get the summons until so two is, months later yeah also i was under indictment so there's no way they were going to let me on the jury but if you ever have a chance to be on jury duty you can save an innocent person's maybe not mm-hmm. save them from death, but save them from having all the value sucked out of their life. You can save them from a conviction for some sort of quote unquote crime that has no victim, which in many cases, mm-hmm. uh, or in the case of this person who is being wrongfully prosecuted, even mm-hmm. though there were people who died in this particular case, it wasn't his fault. And that was proven pretty clear in this case. Obviously, the jury uh, set this man free, despite the fact that he was an immigrant. And always remember what they say in A&A. They say you can recover from addiction, but you can't recover well, from my conviction. Opinion, my opinion is that, uh, you know, Prince Sununu should step down and let nobody take his place because nobody tells mm-hmm. the truth. Nobody can fix the economy, and nobody cares about the poor. And nobody should it's be governor. True. Thank you for the call tonight. And I appreciate it, man. Governor. Thanks for bringing that story up, Rob, because I had heard the headlines, and I didn't know the details, and I appreciate you sharing that with us. So, uh, thanks for the call. Uh, you know, it is a shame that uh, you aren't running this time around, nobody, because, mm. and the only reason you really aren't, is, as I understand, is just because the criminal procedure, essentially, you... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, basically, because I was under an indictment, and now I'm under sentence, so, right, you can't. so for two years, I... I I'm I'm pretty much stymied in right. that, but that's okay. I can build no, I can build name name recognition because not enough people know who nobody is. Yeah, and it's a shame because uh, last time you ran in 2020, you ran as a Republican. It was when you changed your name from Rich Paul to nobody to run for office for governor as a Republican candidate here in New Hampshire. And you talked about changing to Democrats mm-hmm. to run on that side of thing, but again. The criminal charges basically prevented that from happening, but it. But I, you know, was was reminded of your absence uh, last week. It was Friday. I took the mm-hmm. the day off, and uh, Bonnie and I went to a political event 
where uh, it was mostly, I think it was almost all Republicans, but some I of them were. I wondered where you guys were. Yeah, some of them were libertarians, you know, running as Republicans or whatever. But there's an event that uh, was put together by the a lady named Therese Grinnell. She's called this show before, and she uh, kind of got activated by the whole COVID crackdown situation. She'd never been an Triggered. activist. She, she'd never been an activist before, and she was a nurse. And so, of course, things were really crazy mm-hmm. where she was working. And so, no, she's nursing a grudge. She's, I don't, don't think she works for that organization anymore, but she is out and she is definitely trying to make a difference in, uh, in New Hampshire. And so, she put together this event. Really? She invited people that were running for governor and for state senate and uh, for executive council. So, I got an invite to be there. Uh, and, you know, have the opportunity to speak to the audience, which was a, at least 130 people by my count when I spoke. So mm. not too shabby uh, for a newer organization. And then later in the evening, they had the gubernatorial debate. And there are five people running for governor, I think, aside from Sununu, or maybe it's four, but several. Mm-hmm. There's several people. And uh, I just thought, man, it's a shame nobody's not on that stage because uh, there's there was really no st- outstanding candidate at all. There was they're all very kind of conservative re- Republican sounding, and it would have been great to uh, to have somebody up there that actually understood the principles of liberty because they don't. Wow, they they got uh, nobody. Yeah. Anyway, you were you were missed uh, in that case. Uh, if you do want to see my, well, they miss me all every time. That's why I'm still alive. Uh, if you uh, do want to see my speech, it was all about independence. I took the time that I had and I focused on the new uh, study that came out a few weeks ago, showing that 52 percent of Republicans mm-hmm. in New Hampshire already to before Trump got raided, they mm-hmm. supported the idea of New Hampshire being an independent uh, country. <sighs> And focused on some of the interesting statistics from from that survey, and I got a lot of compliments after the fact. A lot of people, I got I got applause during a lot of like more applause than I expected during the speech, and a lot of compliments afterwards. So people are open to the ideas of independence. Yeah, there's been a lot of Twitter chatter, a, a, a lot of a lot of people twittering on about uh, about national divorce. And I, th- I think that's the way to put it, because it, mm-hmm. it, it makes it clear what's going on. We got irreconcilable differences. With an abuser. I, I mean, I'm I'm on neither side, but I just hate living among uh, living in a place where half of the people hate the other half of the people. The number here is 603-283-6160, the latest on Pornhub, coming up. It's Free Talk Live. The phones are open, and you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Whether you want to talk about the corruption of government, which, of course, is always corrupt, because that's the way it is. Centralized monopolies over power and violence, and no one should be surprised when there's rampant, vile people attracted to those jobs. Tonight, it's Ian. Nobody. And Chris. And don't forget, you can join us online anytime. Just go to freetalklive.com. We do have a social media platform. It's at social.freetalklive.com. It's a Mastodon-based system. It's open source. It's self-hosted. It's federated, as they call it, with thousands of other Mastodons all across the planet. Very, very cool system. And you can jump on there and interact with other Free Talk Live hosts and uh, listeners of the show over at social.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, uh, of course, uh, wants to thank listeners like Shooty, 
who is a Free Talk Live supporter of the AMPS program. Shooty is silver level, which means that he's asking, he's doing what we ask, which is five bucks a month to help us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. And you can be like Shooty just by going to amps.freetalklive.com and get signed up there. Uh, it's our Patreon. You can do it with credit, uh, credit card, debit card, PayPal, your choice. And you get some cool benefits for doing that. So thank you, Shooty, and thanks to everybody who would uh, join over at amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Chris, uh, Pornhub. They're back in the news. This is one of the world's largest porn websites out there, and they were in the news a couple, maybe two or three years ago for uh, basically being cut off from credit card processing services by companies like MasterCard and Visa uh, at the time Mm -hmm. because, well, there's this whole thing with these bankers that basically they don't want to do business with sex shops. They don't want to do business with uh, porn producers and anybody who's connected with the sex trade or the sex industry in some way. They just have a real tough time getting banking services. Yeah, it there's they must be miserable human beings if like the thought of anybody getting off anywhere just drives them mad. Yeah, there is um I I, I think it's a right wing organization, yeah. but I, I'm not hundred percent sure. So there's like it seems like the left is all there's a, a left wing extremists like group mm-hmm. that I think would also hmm. be are also against porn well, basically. Uh, and, porn is the one area where the religious nuts and the feminist nuts agree. Yeah. Um these are basically the same people I believe who were going after like homosexuality and things of that nature yeah. back in the day. Um, and now they're going after entities like Pornhub and using uh, what we what we say is FUD or fear, uncertainty, doubt to target entities um, that are in the porn business, basically. Yeah. And uh, in this particular case, they basically the New York Times did an expose, I think is how they phrase it, um, on basically the fact that there is what they're calling child porn on Pornhub and Are we talking about years ago or this just is now? years ago right okay. well, or, I don't know if it was years ago but it was it yeah, was it's not that long ago years, it was two or three years it's, or something, yeah. it might have been within the past year or two but yeah um and, and anyway actually what what I read was there were actually some people who were abused and films of their abuse was was mm. put online yeah so that's so that's that is particularly insidious that's, yeah, that's nasty. yeah so there's no there's no doubt that you know <laughs> there there probably was there's probably there so what people have to understand is it's it's the way Pornhub used to work was anybody could upload content. Kind of like it. YouTube. Yeah. That way they it, Just like YouTube. Yeah. There's so much content being posted all the time. There's no practical way for any entity to, you know, review Correct. all of the footage. So they would have to re- rely on their users to flag things. Right. And then they could get a review. And, of mm. course, users... Um, a lot of them are not going to flag content that they like, right? Yeah. So... Just about none of them will flag content to like. Yeah, and a lot of content will get flagged that isn't illegal too, sure. or uh, against the rules or whatever. Anyway, so there's this, there's this uh, bunch of, there's just all this content, and it's or mixed information as to whether or not something, what to do about something. Like, right. So what, a, oh, it's a question mark. What they ended up doing in the, so again, they got cut off by credit card processing for allowing people to sign up with credit cards. That was one sort of consequence of this. But they also created a new system. To where they wouldn't allow anybody to just sign up and just Correct. start, you know, throw an email in and start uploading videos. They, so they started doing know your customer, basically, yep. and requiring identification from everybody that was uploading videos. I believe it was even more than that. 
Okay. Um, but yes, um, basically, uh, in order to upload, you had to prove who you were yeah. and, and a validated stuff, account right? or something. Yeah. And, and I think that also meant they deactivated mm-hmm. all the accounts that wouldn't they validate. They deleted right? 80%, I believe it was, wow. of their of content, con- of the content on Pornhub in order wow. to, you know, appease, you know, these, uh, Christian fundamental, right. you know, nutters or whatever. And, it's i mean it's you know i'm sure like you know obviously when you have a content you know a site like facebook or youtube or whatever or you know you go on the internet user created content gonna be yeah user created content there's gonna be you know stuff out there you know that you are hosting effectively that you know you don't know about now they're they come out and they say okay well you you should have done something about this because it was reported well it's a little bit more complicated than that because when you're looking at content and somebody's 17 and somebody's 18 you know how do you tell the difference just by looking at it anyway that's why they have records Mm. mandates and that sort of thing right Right. anyway so they're kind of of being amateur content doesn't have that that's true right so anyway, so they cut that off. Well, now they're that's not good enough, right? Like deleting 80% of the content mm-hmm. on your platform is not good. Nothing will be good enough until, you know, you until know, porn, porn goes away yeah. basically. Until these, for these people. For these people, about. right? If and, somebody's popping a rod, you're doing something right. <laughs> right. So anyway, so there was uh they're they're taking and of course they they use cases that are the most, um, how do I say this? They're at the, egregious? Uh, yeah, probably at the more, or, or something as the more egregious end of the spectrum to, you know, enrage, you know, enrage us, you know, as the public reading these types of stories. And so in this case, it, it apparently involved, uh, apparently a boyfriend, um, films, um, some sort of sexual interaction with a 13 year old. I don't know if the boyfriend was, oh boy. The boyfriend might have been underage too at the time. Anyway, mm. point is, it ended up on Pornhub, and even under the new verified scheme, I don't know if this was before that or after it. Mm. I think it would have been before I that. I think but, it was an old story. I've I've okay. I've, I've read this, well, but I don't. The know lawsuit sure. is happening today, uh, but it's okay. but it goes mm. back a ways. So it probably was before. Uh, okay, got the it. restrictions. Anyway, who's suing who? So the girl who was filmed uh-huh. the quote unquote victim yeah the so the, the victim i mean i i, I don't want to say she's not a victim doing but revenge porn i i would say that creates a, a victim well, yeah we I, don't know was it revenge porn or did I, she I consent to I don't, it doesn't say that in this yeah. story anywhere i've read so i don't know it, it may have been like consensual i mean mm-hmm. in, again no nobody under 18 or whatever in you know these these people's eyes can consent therefore it, it was well, no, somehow in new abusive, hampshire and many other states you can legally consent to sex at 16 sure, and 17 but, but again, you can't consent I'm, to have it recording i'm talking i'm talking yeah, about these people until you're these 18. people's definition yeah. is is going to be 18 or 21 mm-hmm. or something like that right so their definition they can't consent right legally in maybe you can at 16 in new hampshire in other states it's different depending on the state but but not to being recorded that's the point is like you can you can consent right to sex. even though even though they were minors and did the recording themselves they can't it's consent to yeah if even if you film yourself that's as a correct. minor it's illegal it's, 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 they that. consider it non-consensual which is crazy but. yeah there's more coming up here the number is 603-283-6160 and we'll see how this all ties into the payment system coming up as well right yeah yeah uh, it's free talk live Free Talk Live. 
The number here is 603-283-6160, and you can bring up anything you want here on this program where it's open phones every single night. You can also join us online anytime. Just go to freetalklive.com. And you can follow us via RSS feed. What is that? Well, that's the technical name for a podcast. Uh, you can follow our RSS feeds. There are a few, mm-hmm. a few different ones that we have. Really simple syndication Correct. is what that stands for. Uh, you can go to feeds.freetalklive.com and you'll find a few different options there. There's our main feed that has everything that we publish uh, for audio. There's a digest-only feed for those that prefer the shorter version, the truncated versions of the show. And there's also the full episodes feed there as well over at feeds.freetalklive.com plus links to some of the major platforms where those things are already plugged in it's easy to subscribe there uh so check it out at feeds.freetalklive.com chris you were just getting into a story uh sort of the history of Pornhub, which is one of the world's largest porn websites that used to just allow anybody to pop an email address in create an account and and just start uploading content i don't even know if it was that's that what we back like in the to day. call a bad plan that's what happened, and uh, well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how complicated it was, but yeah. uh, but it was supposedly very easy. And then they realized that that was putting them at some level of risk because people were uploading things that they shouldn't have been legally uploading. And then they cracked down and they said, "No, nope, now you have to identify yourself. Now you got to prove an ID. You got to, yep. you know, basically go through a know your customer procedure, and you're putting your name on the line for anything that you upload at that point." Yep. And that uh, you said that resulted in them wiping out eighty percent of their user generated yeah, content. Yeah, something along those lines. I, I think in the prior case there was, I think it had to do with go- girls gone wild. Um, I, they used to advertise on like late night back in the yeah, 90s. That's right. Anyway, mm-hmm. so apparently some of those uh, girls were, were underage, girls underage yeah. and um, uh, basically it, the, one of the problems with this is that when you get told that you've got content that is, you know, quote unquote child porn and it's you're paying somebody for that, you know, porn through whatever deals that you've got mm-hmm. and they're saying it's not child pornography or whatever. Right. And there's no there's no lawsuit there's nothing there's nothing to show that yes this you know there's no court making a well, decision that's, that's you're why supposed that to you keep records if you're gonna gonna record somebody like right. that so, so you can say if some this of this person stuff, signed this right, form right, right. so some of this, this is her id so we have to we have to remember that this wasn't always the case right mm-hmm. this is stuff that's changed over the decades in terms of uh record keeping right sure that, that wasn't the case a couple of decades ago that that wasn't it was probably a couple of decades ago but maybe four decades it probably wasn't or something from like the that. 70s that wasn't yeah. the case right yeah. okay so in the 70s in, it wouldn't have even been legal to do it in the first place. Uh, yeah, 80s, it, was. it was at some point in the 70s. It became legal. Anyway, yeah. uh, the point is that over the decades, and I think this might go back to the late 90s, something like that is when the record keeping requirement came into effect. I, I was alive. Mm-hmm. I remember reading about it when it was happening. So, um, I mean, I was I was pretty young, but I was a teenager probably at that point. But anyway, the point is simply that you, you end up, uh, these things change, right? So you can't even have necessarily record... You probably wouldn't have. Oh, oh yeah. uh, the law passed before, but it was going yeah. through the court system probably in the '90s. Um, as far as something was going through the court system in relation to it at that point, um, or maybe they changed it a little bit somewhere in there. Anyway, anyway. Um, but the point is simply that the laws are changing, right? So you've got you've got to end up coming up, and and this is 
you have to remember there's a difference between this th- this has got to do with production not necessarily hosting right so there's there's different rules for hosting you're not right. necessarily liable for something that you host you're you might be liable if you produce it and distribute it without doing the record keeping right mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean you're liable if you host something makes sense because it's user generated anyway so this also this anyway it, it ends up getting very complicated when you have a ton of content and remember this doesn't just apply to Pornhub the the most amount of child pornography as I understand it is actually on Facebook not Pornhub so it's actually probably on the FBI servers really? but let's leave them out anyway, of it for for the moment the point that I'm trying to make is that you're basically demanding this impossible uh you know this impossibility right there's there's no way. To have user generated content. So unless you mm-hmm. plan to get rid of YouTube and you plan to get rid of Facebook and you, you basically plan to do that. Right. I mean, this is effectively what is being argued by these, you know, uh, these these fanatics, these right wing fanatics mm-hmm. here um, in regards to this. Anyway, so this story, though, is more specifically, you know, it's 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 using it's using your emotions. It's getting at your emotions here because it involves a 13 year old a girl who. Um, you know, uh, apparently, I don't know, it's not clear, but uh, presumably they're not, usually they'll say it if it's, if it was non-consensual, um, they'll say something to that effect because it will bring out even more emotion, right? Mm-hmm. So they haven't said that here. So presumably it sounds like it's, it's a situation where, you know, uh, the boyfriend, she was knowingly girl, involved, not recorded with, without her knowledge. Right, right. She, she knowingly partook, whether or not you want to have a debate over whether or not she uploaded with it, right. whether or now, not she want to have a debate over whether or not she could right. consent. There would be the it, question of whether she was done without her knowledge. And then that's anyway, another question. right. Um, it doesn't really matter. The point is just here that, um, you know, basically now, at some point, Pornhub has to make a decision about this content. Anyway, so this is, again, this is going to be one of the, those probably more extreme cases. Most of the content just, is probably just not. Just for the record, if, if you're uploading pornos of 13-year-old girls and somebody bitch smacks you, don't come <laughs> to me for mediation. I will have zero, zero, zero sympathy for you. Anyway. So content can easily get missed. It can get overlooked, even if it gets reported, because, again, you're getting more you're probably getting more reports of stuff that isn't actually, you know, forced or illegal or whatever mm-hmm. than you are of stuff that is. And it's just so, a bunch of people's opinions. Right. And you've got to filter through. them, Right. And then you've got to have somebody filter through them, which mm-hmm. costs a lot of money, because, sure. again, I mean, if you have to watch a 30 minute video to find out whether or not there's child porn in it. I mean, yeah, and, you can't just glance at the first minute and you would right, know. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, and Jeez. then you have to remember, and those poor bastards have to end up shell shocked after just sure, oh, yeah, watching sure. just the worst of the worst of the porn in oh, the world. God. I mean, two girls, one cup, oh, all no. day, every day. I mean, sooner or later, you just blow your brains out. Well, there's actually stories about uh, not. So, I haven't heard them about the Pornhub uh, reviewers, but the the Facebook people, the sure. people that that are tasked with reviewing all the reported posts on Facebook. You know, violence posts, gore posts, right. uh, just they're the worst of the internet. Absolutely. is what these people have to deal with, and it is pretty tough. And apparently, they've that got job. a fraction of a. That's second. why they don't have anybody on 4chan. They couldn't keep them. No. They've got a fraction of a second to make a decision as right. to you know whether or not yeah, this is allowed a, or not. An right? offensive image up so, and then taking that into consideration, right? If even if you have five people, you know, say yes or no, right? Like reviewing it, which would never happen. But assuming that happened, let's say it got reported five times and five people reviewed it, it could it could be you know reasonably uh, it it could be say you know the reviewer could be like no, this doesn't look like whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And it could still be child porn or whatever. Yeah, it could right? be wrong. And and you know anyway, um, but that doesn't mean that the company didn't make a good faith effort. You know, they had a system in place. 
they did, you know, what they, you know, might be even more than reasonable in terms of complying. But that's not good enough. That's never good enough. And anyway, so this case, let's get into this case a little bit. Visa and MasterCard said Thursday, card payments for advertising on Pornhub. So they've already got, they've already suspended Pornhub for taking payments. And I think it had to do with making, giving money to the, um, uh, the, the porn stars basically on Pornhub because like there's a way to donate. Hmm. And I think that's what was suspended before. I'm not. I think it was uh, sure, a couple but, of years ago. They were prohibited from allowing customers to sign up with Visa and Mastercard. They're in a suspension bondage. Yeah, and and it wasn't that in order to pay or make donations or maybe no, it was maybe just it was to sign just up for a, for a paid okay. account. So there, apparently there's a second. That's when they started taking Bitcoin, and that was what the news was at the time. Okay, okay, yeah. um, you're probably right. Um, so in this case, what they're doing is they're selling advertising on Pornhub. Okay. I guess because that's what they're desperate, right? right they can't right. take they can't uh, take money payments. for you know users accessing the site. I guess right. or something like that. Um, so now they're they're just I've selling advertising. Said that porn would be the killer app for cryptocurrency. Mm. That's what that's what made the made the internet sure must did. have. Yeah. So this is, here's what here's what the story says. Visa and Mastercard said Thursday card payments for advertising on Pornhub and its parent company MindGeek would be suspended after a lawsuit stroked controversy over stroked? whether stroke. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> does it actually say that? Yes, it does. Stroke it to the east. Whether the giant it to the west. The payment giants. <laughs> they're accusing Visa and Mastercard of facilitating child pornography because oh they're allowing Pornhub to accept credit cards for a site that doesn't even have user-generated content anymore. Who's accusing them? We're going to come back to, to more of this. It's Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything in the remaining moments. If you want to join us, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603 603- Two eight three six one six zero, and want to let you know about an event coming up in October, where our very own Mark Edge is going to be speaking. It is called Liberty in Our Lifetime. Free Cities Foundation is their annual conference this year, happening in Prague, October twenty first through the twenty third. They're showcasing autonomous cities and intentional communities springing up around the world, offering opportunities for settlers to live freer lives. The theme this year is Parallel Structures for Progress. Uh, They'll be exploring physical developments and parallel structures emerging in education and finance, offering alternatives for people looking for better ways to learn, educate their children, and invest in the future. You can go to their website, LifetimeLiberty.com. Use code FTL20 when you're checking out with your tickets for 20% off of the tickets uh, that you purchase to go to Prague October 21st through the 23rd. You can follow their Twitter account, which is Liberty IOL. That's at Liberty IOL uh, to get updates on the event. And if you want to pay with Bitcoin, you can send them a message over Twitter and they will facilitate that for you. It's LifetimeLiberty.com. What? Uh, what does that mean? Whatever the, I don't know. You have to attend the conference and, and see for yourself. Once again, LifetimeLiberty.com, October 21st through the 23rd. Chris, you're telling us a uh, story uh, involving a teenager who was ostensibly recorded and video posted online. She's under the age of uh, majority in most countries. And yeah, porn- it happened a long time ago now. And Pornhub is now being sued over this. Yeah. Well, uh, ooh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, Pornhub is being sued and... Visa MasterCard's involved now. And Are they in New Mexico? Because I hear that only happens in New Mexico. They're being attacked because they're now being accused of facilitating child pornography mm-hmm. as a result of 
Uh, He's a MasterCard being yes, accused of this? Yes, of providing services to... They're defendants in the case? Who created the um, dollars? Well, though? I don't know that they're defendants in the case, but they're being pressured by these right-wing nut jobs, mm-hmm. and they're using this emotional case right. to to basically, even after they've just you know eliminated all user-generated content, which is where the case generated from. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they're yeah they're being attacked for okay. you know so-called facilitating you know child porn. And the crazy thing is, Pornhub, they. You know, it, it yeah, it's it, the whole the whole thing is just it's just, it's just a, cr- a crazy case. Let me, right, let me what else do we need to know yeah. about it? So Visa and Mastercard said Thursday the card payments for advertising on Pornhub. Okay, um, so they're they're Are accepting suspended. money using Visa and Mastercard to accept uh money from at people who want to advertise on Pornhub. Basically, right? They're not allowed to anymore. It's uh, suspended. Yeah, so okay. they're suspending they're suspending it because of pressure because Visa and Mastercard are being accused of facilitating child pornography mm-hmm. because of something Pornhub did ages ago and Visa and Mastercard allowed you know quote unquote they would to have go no on. idea of course. Well, mm. right, right. Um, anyway, so but even if it was reported to them. It's not like they're going to investigate. They're they're doing you know they're 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 just doing credit card transactions. Mm-hmm. They can't based on the credit card transactions. They they don't know you know what right. what's going on with Pornhub anyway. And Pornhub is a big business. It's 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 one of the largest you know pornographic. It's one uh, of the largest websites. Period. Yeah, and it's MindGeek is owns other sites as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not even yeah. just that. So if anybody is going to have a responsibility, it would be. It would be Pornhub. It would be MindGeek. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be Visa and Ma- it shouldn't be Visa and Mastercard. Okay. I mean, if if MindGeek can't even handle it, being the well, largest, well, you said it's not clear whether or not they're even defendants in the case. They may just be covering their ass. They're not if, if Visa and Mastercard. I don't believe they're defendants in the case. Okay. They're just reacting to this the just public to pressure yeah. from the you know right wing you know. Yeah, the it's them right, saying, "Hey, right we're doing wingers. something." Right. It's the right wing version of woke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Um, let's see here. So, so Visa obviously condemns sex trafficking. Blah blah blah. Uh, Kelly said the court decision created uncertainty about the about the role of traffic junkie, and basically what she's referring to is traffic junkie. Yeah, that's their advertising arm for MindGeek. Or oh, Pornhub. okay. Um, uncertainty. That's some interesting naming going on there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So basically, Pornhub. Uh, knows that there's child pornography on its site right that's what they're alleging in the case you mean well that's what the judge ruled okay oh this case is over no that's just like a first part of the case oh okay, okay. an initial ruling right okay, got right it. right um and the problem with this is that every every hosting platform knows there's child porn being hosted it's not whether or not you know there's child porn host being hosted it's whether or not you know about specific content that's being hosted and how you dealt with it right so otherwise, everybody's guilty. Well, presumably, if they knew and of did nothing, child porn. then they would be guilty. But right. if they're alerted and they remove it, then they wouldn't be. Right, well, right, right. It's, exactly. It's one thing to know that your that your service is being used for a particular purpose, but like I know that there's now because somebody just told me that there's a bunch of child porn on Facebook, and Facebook likely knows that too, but. Knowing that it's there and finding it, but do they know where are it two is? Two different right. Yeah. things. Right. So specific um, instances, right, have to be reported before mm-hmm. there's there's you know anyway. So, right. but the judge didn't rule that. They're just ruling that okay, yes, there is or was child pornography, you know, hosted, and yeah. MindGeek knew that there was child pornography hosted. They haven't. I don't. As far as I know, they haven't proven that. You know, they knew this specific instance or anything okay. like that. That would be proven at trial anyway. So. 
Anyway, or not. This this is what creates the uncertainty for Visa and Mastercard. Yeah. That's what she's refer- referring to. Kelly said the court decision created uncertainty about the role of Traffic Junkie, MindGeek's advertising arm, and accordingly, the company will sus- suspend its Visa acceptance privileges. Again, remember this is all over an accusation mm-hmm. that hasn't been proven in court yet. Even sure, that's typical. Um, I mean, the, the, if this is if it's all it requires is an accusation like this, I mean, they can shut anybody down. Sure. Just any any major site. Can well, they can down. shut anybody down. They're shutting gun dealers down. Yep. Visa and Mastercard are the banking system. Are is. we supposed to disconnect this the internet? Crypto. Are, are ISP supposed to disconnect the internet from everybody because um, they know that there's child pornography out there? I mean, well, this is if crazy. you can't prove you're innocent, you shouldn't be on the internet. <laughs> I mean, yes, child pornography, bad, right? But you can't overreact like this. And that's what's going on. They're overreacting. And, and but it's typical for these corporate the people. Sympathy. I mean, these corporate guys are going to always go this direction. I mean, even in the Crypto 6 case yeah. that uh, nobody and I and four of our friends were charged in, uh, Andy, who was one of the one of the six, he lost his job immediately from yeah, right. uh, Walmart, where he had worked as like a manager in uh, one of the distribution centers for years and they just oh like, good you're done. god there's people working for walmart that have done some stuff that yeah. curl your hair he was just alleged to have you know allegedly lied to a bank and i mean that's they fired him for that and there was nothing proven right so this is typical these corporate guys they will jump to they'll hop to whenever the government says hop they they hop they say how high yeah and um, they hire felons sure don't they i don't know maybe <laughs> probably I mean, I've seen some of their staff. I'm yeah. pretty sure they do. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So Visa also suspended the site sites that contained user-generated content. So basically, Visa and MasterCard are suspending all sites, I, I think, mm-hmm. um, that have user-generated content. So basically, this is going to come down to a site like Pornhub is going to go in the same direction as YouTube, where... Yeah, there's still some user-generated content on YouTube, but for the most part, they're pushing the mainstream stuff like CNN. They're and trying these- to turn the internet into cable television. Completely corporatized. Safe space. Yeah. yeah and so they're going to make it so that the site will still exist, but it will only have professionally produced pornography yes. on it that has all the paperwork in order. That's 100% that's what's it. already happened with yep. Pornhub. And nobody will ever prevent present an interesting idea on YouTube again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So here's here's the, what the story says about you know what happened exactly. The woman is suing Visa and MindGeek over sexually explicit video her boyfriend filmed of her when she was 13 years old. So nothing about it being forced okay. or you know you know I mean anyway it was it obviously still illegal still chill. but yeah right. Um, U.S. District Judge Cormac. Uh, of the Central District of California in Santa Ana said Visa made the decision to continue to recognize MindGeek as a a merchant despite its alleged, again, this is alleged knowledge that MindGeek monetized child porn. So not proven, just alleged. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see here. Hedge fund manager Bill Ackman recently spoke out about uh, the controversy. He's just hedging his bet. Calling on Visa to pressure Pornhub to remove child pornography from the site, which they already did a couple of years yeah. ago. They've already done all this, right? Like, this is the crazy... This is how crazy... This is old news, and th- but it's, it's new news. It's it's it's, it's, an, it's sort of an update yeah. because they're trying to kill all revenue to Pornhub, mm-hmm. not because of child pornography, because child pornography doesn't even exist anymore because right. there's no user-generated content. It's solely to go after Pornhub because, you know, they're 
you know, they got money. It's porn. You know, yeah. it's they don't like these people don't like porn. And the sick well, thing about they, this they is they show things that that Republicans wives won't do. The, the sick, <laughs> I think the sickest thing about this is that you've got all these you know people who are you know getting up there and defending you know defending this you know defending what Visa and Mastercard are doing and they're saying you know this is this is what they should be doing or whatever and yeah. it's absolutely crazy because it's it's like well if you do it to, if you do it to Pornhub you also got to do it to Facebook you got to do it to YouTube and you basically completely shut down you know the internet as we know it yeah, they would have a tougher time and getting away. And how about with... DARPA? They developed the whole internet in the first place. They yeah. need to be shut down. I think they're going to have a tougher time going after Facebook, though, because uh, there's so many more people. But more, there's more shitty porn there.